0: That life you always wanted but you didn't, know. Cause you didn't know hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast thank you so much for listening we're startup church we just planted in September 2020 and at the Kalamazoo Church we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together and so if you live in the Kalamazoo area we would love to connect be it coming to a Sunday service one of our small groups or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. It's good to good to see you guys. Um that was a that was a good set of worship actually. I was pretty I felt pretty inspired. I was encouraged uh we had Gavin playing and that's uh it's good stuff. That's good stuff. Thank you so much. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah he's he's just he's just in um I wanted to well we've got actually a lot of a lot of really good news uh going on. So the uh let's see where do I start? Well, okay, the the best bit of good news is last Sunday Aiden Flickinger was baptized into Christ. And so we we're fired up about that. We're excited about that. I, I know if, if I, you know, he he said, don't even make a big deal out of it. I said, you can't make a a, a big deal. Like you can't make a big enough deal about the decision that you made. Is is what I would say. And and so that's one. Uh, the second thing is there there we've got some uh, some dating couples here that that are newly dating. So we've we've got uh, first it was Andrea and Dan start or Andrea and Dan started dating. Where. Yeah, very cool. Dan Winchester, uh, one of my really good friends, uh, campus minister in, in Madison. And he actually, he preached a few uh, over the summer, and, uh, and, and Andrea was locked in from there. Okay, so uh, at least that's my story. I don't know if that's the truth, but that's at least, that's my story. Okay, very good, very good. Um, and then, so Spencer and Maya are also dating. Very cool. That is exciting stuff as well. That's big time. Um, so that's, I mean, that's just a little bit of good stuff going on. There's way more uh, that, that I know, that you guys know that I'm, I'm learning about later on. So it, it's good stuff, guys. I, I mean, it's, it's fun to be here as a family. It's fun to worship God together. I, I want to, uh, I want to welcome you to open your Bible to Luke 18. Right, the title of the lesson today is Gratitude for the gospel. And so you you guys understand we're entering into we're in the season of gratitude, okay, and, and Thanksgiving, and you you'd understand it, and it's a time where we're giving presents or receiving presents. And I, I don't know when the, the the crossover time is when you end up spending more at at Christmas than than you receive. Right now, I'm still in this like lovely place where I receive way more than than I than I give, and and so I. And now and it's actually cool because we, we already know there's there's some clothes that Bianca was going through Jordan's uh, closet and she's like, She does not have any she really doesn't have any winter clothes and we're like, Well, Christmas is coming up. Can we just wait until then? You know what I'm saying? Okay. And and just ask and we know that as soon as we put a little bit of a uh, an SOS to the grandparents, we know what happens, okay? Yeah. Uh, so, so I don't I don't know. I I, I mean what it, and so we're, we're we're receiving as well as jordan and and, uh, and we also give as well, but however you figure this is a time where we're giving a little bit, we're receiving a little bit and 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 on on top of that though I, I think what I really want to center in and focus in on is what it looks like to be someone who lives a life grateful for the gospel and grateful for jesus and so you would say well what what's the value of it? What is a life of gratitude? Why is it even important what well, few reasons I, I think one, you look at the people who are very grateful, there's, there's just this joy that is welling up inside of them. That yeah. you don't have to tell them, put a smile on, they're already smiling. There's an excitement, there's a pep in their step. Yeah. But these are, these are also people who are confident in God. Yeah. These are people who are steady in turmoil. Right. These are people who have resolve in difficult times. This is what a life of gratitude looks like. You look at the, the, the most grateful of people, and they're easy people. And what I mean when I say easy people is they're easy to spend time with. Right. They're easy to talk to. They're easy to listen to and receive feedback from. These are people that, that the world and you and I, there's a magnetism about them that just draws people in. It doesn't have to be through some kind of uh, loud and boisterous speech. It's just the natural disposition of grateful people. We, we just want to be around them. Right. I would say it's one of the most attractive traits that that anyone can have, and it's tough to put your finger on. I don't know if we use the word. Oh, this person's very grateful. That's why I want to spend time with them. And yet, the way they live their life, it's it's full of grace and it's full of, of stuff that draws us in. Yeah. Truly, a grateful person is motivated by the love of God. And and what I what I want to do is I want to talk about two competing values that that we see. That, that both, there's an air of truth in both, but if we just focus on one, we're going to lose the big picture, and we're going to be those who are, who are ungrateful. Okay. Uh, and I would say, hear me now, I'd say everyone leans probably one way or the other, and not just all the time. I would say some of us all the time lean one way or the other, and you guys don't know the ways yet, but hear me now. Everyone leans one way or the other, and, and really life, is, a lot of our life is spent... Trying to find this, this balance between the two and how do we make sense. It's kind of, I was looking up uh, pictures and, and the image that I get and the image that I want you to get is, it's almost like riding a, a unicycle on a tightrope, okay? And, and you're, I mean, it is, you just got to watch yourself very closely if you're, if you're riding a, does anyone know how to ride a unicycle? I feel like Gavin would. I don't know why. I, no, no, that's just that's so funny. That's discrimination. Golly, uh, tough crowd. So, but but you 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 think about you know riding a, or even walking a tightrope or you, you know slackline. You fill in the blank. I can't. I mean, I don't. I don't stand a chance. But I, I think this is what living these two competing values is like. And it's it's. So, so here we go, though. I want to look at these two types of people. Again, I, I pray that you can see yourself in both of these individuals. And so we're going we're gonna to look at one, and that's the legalist. Okay, this is Luke 18. I, what what, I, what I'll say to you today is that true gratitude is fostered when we embrace the realities of Christians being both righteous sinners and honored failures. Righteous sinners and honored failures. We're, we're in Luke 18 here. And it says, uh, starting in verse 9, um, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so Jesus shares this parable. We'd understand parables as, as things that didn't necessarily occur, but they commented on a specific thing that also had ramifications for, for you and I. That's why they're in the Bible. I think we can pull a bunch from it. We would love to say we are, we are the, the, the tax collector in this story, right? We would love to say we're the ones that are standing at a distance. We're beating our breasts. We don't deserve anything, God, and, and thank you so much. for. But I'd put before us that the longer time you spend, going to church, trying to follow God, the more likely you are to actually uh, be, be a Pharisee. Yeah, yeah. Tough, yeah. it. And, and what is it says these men were confident in their own righteousness. You know, the reality is a legalist, and this is why you don't see gratitude in, inside of them, is because they're confident in their own righteousness. So so what is there to be grateful for then? If I'm confident in my own righteousness, then I'd read the Bible. And if I just follow the Bible to a T, if I do as, as good as I can, I, then I'm good. And so what is there to be grateful for then if, if all I have to do is follow this? And it's by my own doing that, that I'm acceptable before God. But but consider this for a moment. There's, there's nobody. Let's go, actually, let's go to Matthew 5. We'll use the, the Bible to do it. I, I want to let you guys know there's... Anybody who, who will live this for any length of time, the legalist, somebody who if I follow this stuff to a T, I'm good, you don't actually understand the law. Oh. You, you actually yeah, don't yeah. understand what the Bible's yeah, teaching. On, and, and I'll say that because the reality is nobody can do it. Right. Yeah. It is way too difficult. Right. The, the standard is way too high. We're just going to read just a little bit here in, in Matthew 5. This is Jesus' first you know, kind of entering of his ministry here. It says, I'm just going to read a little bit here. In verse 21, you've heard that it was said to people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to, du- to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, rakah is answerable to the court. And Anyone who says you fool will be, danger, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Wow. Nobody can stand up to that. You can't say I'm righteous based on the Bible and then and then read this and say, well, I'm, I'm good with God, then, based on this. It, in 27, it says, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Then it, it gives the standard of, of making sure that you're right before God. And the reality is, the, the Bible, the Sermon on the Mount, is intended to show us, one, the holiness of God. How, how awesome, how powerful, how true God is. But it's also meant to show us that we can't measure up. There's no hope that we have to measure up. Anybody who's a legalist or who or your, your natural disposition is to want to follow these rules and look at these rules to say you're righteous, I'd put before you that you're probably cherry-picking what the Bible's teaching. Um, well, come on, bro. You think about and you ask anybody, right? You hear me now, Hear me now, right? You ask anybody, well, what, what standard is, is roughly the same in all religions? And, and, and I, I might have an, an opposition for it, but let's say that. And what would you guys say? What's the standard that's roughly the same in all, in all religions? Yeah, yeah, golden rule. You know what I'm saying? Anyone who says, I live by the golden rule, they're lying. No, you don't. Uh, sincerely, nobody lives by the golden rule. It's way too hard to follow. How are you going to love somebody with the same love and passion that, that you love yourself with? You can't do it. I can't do it. We don't measure up. You know, you, 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 you realize, though, this is, this is somebody that, that lives this way. You don't have to be grateful for God because you think you do it yourself, and, and you've just missed the point. I I you you think about what would happen if if, let's say you have the best day. It was fun. We were we were uh opening the Bible with Dugan, we were talking about uh we were talking about this little bit of this concept actually, and it was just so much fun. And we were saying, What if you had your best day ever? As a as a human being? Just like you you know, everything good, you know, if you're a husband, you just you were so gracious to your children and your wife and you you reached out to this many people and then you heard some weird stuff at the the coffee you know someone said something weird and you you stood up to them and you said no this is the right way and you went out and, and you just you helped an old lady cross the you did everything good <laughs> whatever whatever the best good you think you can do that day yeah. at the end of the day 8 p.m feeling pretty relieved, man. it was a good day, you got, maybe you got something going on later in the evening, a little Bible study with, with you and God, and then you get a knock at your door and it's Jesus, you're on your knees. Yeah. That's right. I'm, not, I'm not good. You can have the yeah. best day of your life, no and you're not good. Mm-hmm. And we know that. We know that. If, if you saw Jesus right now, if he came in, we're all on our knees. You yeah. know what I'm saying? There's, according to him, we are not good. This this yeah, good yeah. is so much bigger than you and I having a good day, having a good few days, yeah. trying to live a lot of the Bible and all of the Bible and failing all the time. That We're not good before God. Wow, come on, bro. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I, I hope to dispel the idea of, of being a legalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is somebody who's who's ungrateful for God because yeah. you think you can do it yourself, and the reality is you're so far from the truth. Amen. It says in, in Romans 4, 4 5, however... To the one who does not work, but trust God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. It says, To the one who does not work, but trust God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. The one who does not work, their faith is credited as righteousness. And you know what? If we were to end the lesson right here, I think it'd be the incomplete truth. I think it'd be the incomplete gospel. We've touched on some of it, but not all of it. And so I want to share my, my second point. Work with me. Here is the lovest. Okay, and we're, let's let's just go right back to, to Luke 17. The lovest will say that I'm I'm generally a pretty good person, actually. Like I, I am acceptable to God. I, I I'm finding my own truth, or I I believe in most of the Bible. It is a good moral book, but it's it's not the book. You know, it's 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 interesting. They did a a study, or they there's this major research paper that was just released in October that was specifically targeted to 18 to 24-year-olds, I think, just to get kind of their feedback and ideas about God specifically, but then also like family life and some of the I, Christian ideals. And one of the big things that they noticed was that actually people, people actually kind of like the Bible, okay? And this is what people said. They said, you know, the Bible, I think it was 75% of individuals said, no, I actually like what the Bible teaches. And, I, and I, I, it's, it's basically a, a moral rule book for me. We understand there's not 75% of people that are, that are 18 to 24 following God. And so I, I want to put before you, there's a little bit of this dissonance here that we're going to look at right now. It's Luke 17. And so we just read a parable. We're going to read an actual story here. I think it's important. It's a communication of our hearts. It says in, in verse 11, Luke 17:11. it says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Wow. We understand this, this actually happened, and this is a communication, I think, of our, our disposition naturally. We would love to say, you know, if you know, would you prefer to be? One of the the nine who didn't give thanks to God, or the one who did, we'd all say we want to be the one. You know, on our on our best day, we would actually say in this room we're all the one. Okay, but I don't think we can all be the one because there has to be nine that that are not. And certainly, certainly, there's other people. But but hear me now, we can't all be the one, right? And we can't all be the one all the time. And so the the these people think about this though, so they're. They, they have leprosy. They're unclean. They're not able to interact with most of society, so it would make sense that they were congregating and kind of joining up with, with one another. This is like the, the low of the low, okay? And especially if you're a Samaritan who has leprosy, it's like way, way, way low, you know? Okay, so the worst, really the, the worst of the worst, most outskirts of society, they come to Jesus, and, and then he tells them to go show yourself. He doesn't clean them yet, Okay? He says, "Go show yourself. Think about the faith that it would take to have leprosy and to try to go walk through and to show yourself to the courts. It takes—it actually takes a lot of faith. It takes faith because you'd understand that I'm not clean yet. So if I go show myself and I'm unclean, I'm in—I'm in more trouble and I mess up everybody. These all—all all ten who had faith, all ten had faith actually. Who had a strong faith? Actually, all ten had strong faith. Who was—who was cleansed? Actually, all ten were physically cleansed." But only one had faith that made him well. So it's worth asking, well, why, why did the nine not not return to give thanks? Well, Jesus never said, you have to return, give thanks to me. He never said that. He said, you, you, don't, you don't have to. It's just out of the overflowing of this Samaritan's heart. He said, man, according to God, I'm nothing. I got to go there. And the lovest will say that I'm, God's all about love. If there's a, if there's a God about love, then, then he's, he, he doesn't want to see me struggle like this, and so I'm I'm good. I deserve this. I've I've earned it. Maybe you look at your life and you say, man, there's been loss after loss after loss after loss, and so whatever good comes, I deserve it. I've 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 put in my time with the the negative stuff, and so I deserve it. No no point to be no point to be grateful to God. I deserve it. I, I took these L's here, and now I got this little win. I'm, I'm gonna enjoy it. There's a there's an entitlement that is rampant with this view, though. And, so, and so, so hear me now, if, if we would be those who say, well, we're just in the side of love, that God is so loving, I would put before you that, that your God is not as loving as my God. Okay. Because, and, and the reason why I say this is that your, your God, it, it, it costs your God nothing then to, if you're going to say that, to, 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 to show any kind of grace towards, towards you. Okay. My God, it, it cost him everything, right? It cost him wow. his only son in order to show grace to me, yeah, come on, bro. your God, you you'd say, "Well, He's He's pretty good. Nothing bad happens. You know, he's, He wants us to be." No, 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 no. The the reality is, the God of the Bible is the most loving God because it's the God that gave up everything. Amen. He's the God who gave up everything. Yeah, you can't understand the 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 essence of true love. I would put before you on, on, until you understand Jesus on the cross. The one who says that I'm I'm good, no nothing bad can happen. I deserve it. I've earned it. You, you just don't understand it. Right. You don't understand true love. You can't. You have a narrower view of love than the Bible teaches you about. Wow. So you think about what is, what is this this life of gratitude? Then, well, how do we, certainly, how do we achieve it? How do we get there? And I, I would say that that it's consistent and it's constant. It's consistent because you always have to be thinking and continuing to prove, and it's constant, that it's not going away. There's not going to be a point when we say, well, I'm working hard and I've reached this spot. You look at your life, though, and I think you could probably, just like me, I think you'd probably be able to identify virtually every time when we're living lives that are not powerful and are not transformative, it's because we're focused on one of these two things. You think think the the, the one who's righteous by themselves. The one who, you know, I'm just doing this good stuff. There's no joy inside of that person's heart. That's true. There can't be. There's no, there's no joy. It's just, I follow this, I follow this, I live 80 years, I die, and I get to go to this good place. Sounds awful. It does sound awful. It really does. And then you think about the one who, though, is acceptable without sacrifice. That I, I'm, I'm good with God. Sacrifice is unnecessary, and... and that one can't experience true joy either. Amen. Because you don't understand the essence of what Jesus had to go through for you. So true. And so then what is our response? Where, what is our, our big takeaway? A lot of it's up to you, actually, I, I would put before you. But understand that we are. We are righteous sinners and honored failures. Yeah. So right. To be a righteous sinner, it's to accept you've done nothing good. Yes. You can't measure up. And yet you're confident nonetheless. I'm not good before God, but I'm I'm confident nonetheless. To be an honored failure is to accept that there's a place for you. There's a place of honor for you. But it's not because you've done anything spectacular. Embrace or consider what it would look like to be motivated by this. And I'd put before you that it's it's pretty scary, but this is more far-reaching than living either one of, these lives, it is it is in full color if we live this way. Amen, bro. But it's it's a little bit terrifying, and it's terrifying if you are naturally a legalist. It is terrifying to say, "Well, based on what I do, I can't be considered good." Yeah. That's very scary. That's the gospel. And if you are naturally a lovest, somebody who I'm pretty good, I'm doing okay. You know, God is very gracious, and it's it's very scary to say, "Well, actually." By my own devices, I'm not. I'm not good. Yeah. Both of these are scary, and both of them are the full gospel. Though, hear me now. Mm-hmm. It says uh, this is a. It, it's a. It's a little. It's an old. It's an old hymn, actually. It says, "To see, the law, by Christ fulfilled, and hear His pardoning voice, changes a slave into a child, and duty into choice." Christ is the only one that fulfilled the law. The only hope that we have is that Jesus rose from the dead. That he lived a perfect life and and rose from the dead. That doesn't make us slaves, though, actually. It makes us children. And it it says it turns us from slaves, certainly slaves to sin, into children of God. And whatever duty you felt, it it becomes a choice. What what I'm going to do is, so so pretty soon uh, we're going to take Communion but I, I want to give a little bit of specific direction to us as we take communion. So what's, what's going to happen? You see over there, there's a, little, um, there's a little tree that's totally bare right now. And we're going to take communion up here. You can grab uh, a little cracker and then grab uh, some juice. And then when you're done, you can just put the, the empties right in that, that uh, little tin uh, bowl right there, or that little aluminum bowl, whatever. But I, I, I want us, though, either, either do it now. That's fine. During communion, that's good. Or, or do it at some point today, though, is to begin to, uh, to just write down specifically this. Um, write down where Jesus fills in the gap for you. Okay? And so I could say write down what you're grateful for about Jesus, but write down where Jesus fills in the gap for you. And so if, if, if you're going to write that down, you'd understand that you can't fill in the gap by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That you're not, you're not, you can't do it by yourself. But yeah. what characteristic is he most patient with you in? What sin has he covered over for you and this can be anonymous or maybe it's who has, who has he put in your life and for what purpose this person is specifically helping you with this and I'm grateful for, for Jesus for him wow. grateful to Jesus for him or her make a make a point to do that as uh, as we, we take communion this uh, this morning amen amen, amen. amen. I'll ask lake to come up and, and share a little uh, communion thought with you guys oh, Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Saving souls.